our post-game report. I, of course, am always your host, Triple D, and of course, with me always is... This is Carlos, Steve. What's good, world? So we are here to recap episode two of Power, book two, Ghost, um, entitled Exceeding Expectations. And uh, before we get into it, um, as you, of course, know, if you've been following us, uh, this marks uh, episode two, and uh, we've made it through the pilot. What were some interesting things you saw, some interesting reactions you saw to the pilot episode? I mean, most of, it was, most of them was positive. Like, I'm not crazy in the social media, but from what I saw, um, people did seem to enjoy it. I think it got people kind of excited about the show again. Um, you know, because a lot of people had negative negative feelings about how the original series wrapped up. So I think a lot of people, it's, it was mainly positive. I didn't see a lot of people saying, oh, I hate this, or I'm not going to watch anymore. Um, so I think a lot of people had the feeling that, okay, it's a new show. We're going to give it a shot and kind of see where it goes. Um, you're heavy on social media. Well, you're heavier on social media. Did you see any anything that you thought was interesting or people's reactions? Um, pretty much the same. A lot of positive. Um, shout out to the one person who was so positive that uh, they after this last episode they said and they put the little you know the greater than sign. Uh, power book two is greater than power, uh, and capped it off with I said what I said. Uh, oof. that's a that's a interesting take. That's just hot take though. They just want, they yeah. just want they just want people talking it's to them like, or paying attention to them. Which I get, but I don't know. I think that's something that I wouldn't have expected from this particular person. Um, but yeah, I, I read that. I had to double back. I was like, whoa, that. And this is somebody you personally know or you know of. This is someone I personally know. Oh, okay. Um, that's Facebook friends. Uh, we share a lot of similar TV interests. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's no way to compare two episodes to six seasons. Yeah. So it, it it came out of left field for me. I was like, yeah, I'm glad you you high on the show, but I I hope this was just a post grabbing for likes. I don't know. That's uh, far reaching to me. We yeah, we got a ways to go. Um, but here we are in episode two, uh, exceeding expectations. What was your overall thoughts on the episode before we we dive in? A uh, decent episode. I think it was it built off a decent pilot. Um, still a lot of things that make me scratch my head, and I'm trying my best not to overanalyze. Um, but I was I, I, I was entertained throughout the episode. I feel like it was a fast moving episode, meaning that it had a lot of um, scenes, but a lot of quick scenes, meaning that they were kind of moving the story along. It wasn't a lot of like dragging stuff out just for the sake of making the scene longer or the show hit a certain like um, minute count. So I, I think I had a lot of good transitions. Some, like I said, and we, as we get into it, some of it didn't make sense because basically this entire episode took place over like two or three days, but he did a lot of stuff in this two to three days, especially the day of, uh, the, day, uh, the day before the funeral. He met with his mom in jail. He met with a couple of different professors. He went to dinner at his people's house. He went to a party. It was just a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, he swung through a vigil. Yeah, forgot uh, about expected. that. Yeah, yeah, he definitely had one one marathon of a day. Um, but yeah, uh, I I I definitely feel like this was a step in the right direction. There's still some little things in there that for me are just kind of head scratching as well, but not so much storyline, but like 
just sort of acting choices. I don't know if they're, I don't know if Power's that place where it's just like, we're we going to give you a, we're going to give you a shot if you're a new and upcoming actor, um, young or old, because there was a few things in there that was just like, that, I, that was a weird choice, but um, that's purely of a place of kind of nitpicking mm-hmm. of someone who's a little too uh, overanalyzing and overthinking, but also I feel like a little bit of it was warranted. Um, but, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, overall, I, I definitely enjoyed the episode. And um, they they kind of they got me, so I, I was not disappointed. You ready to dive in? Let's get it. All right. So off top, we get Tasha going through it behind bars with the petty petty female guard who <laughs> I enjoy her presence, <laughs> but I hope she doesn't get she I hope she doesn't go the way of Charlie Murphy uh, in that particular sense where she presses buttons so hard that she gets she gets murked. Uh, <laughs> and uh, from that we, we get her meeting with her counsel and just a reminder that Tasha made things much worse for herself uh, being a hothead and going off of just inst- not even instinct just a bit of pride and a little bit of I don't even know what to call it but they're pretty much reading her down for the fact that like you you were almost home free and you kind of blew you kind of blew this up and now we need to get to the bottom of what they're after and how we're going to get you out of it right because it, it made sense that what the question they were asking her is like come on there's no chance you were married to this guy i guess for 15 at least 15, i don't i don't know how Tariq is at this point uh i thought he was 15 uh but apparently he's about 20 i don't know uh, but she been she was married with him a long time, involved with him. Her name is on all types of things. For her to act like she didn't know that her that she had no involvement with their criminal lifestyle is silly. And so he just kind of pointed out to her like, "Look, nobody's gonna believe that you had no involvement at all. Now you, maybe you weren't the queen pen, maybe you didn't call the shots or you didn't move the drugs, but you had to know something about it because you're too heavily involved. Your name is on too much stuff for you not to know where this money came from." Um, so, but, but like I said, it was, it, this was just a kind of result of how dumb Tasha was and not thinking about anything and just kind of playing things. She thinks she as smooth as Ghost was when it came to like the trickery and the manipulation, except she never totally gets it right. She's always a little bit behind and her plans always go a little bit awry um, when she thinks she's like this mastermind. Yeah, and it's it. she has a history of this happening right when she's at the finish line. She's that person that that will get close to the finish line and turn around and give you that look like, yeah, I won, but always, not always, but most of the time trips over mm-hmm. their their own feet right, right at the finish line. Um, you were, you were clear, you were in the clear, but you know, I guess it's a testament to her character. Hopefully we get, hopefully she gets that moment where she gets the big win and it's, it goes just as perfectly as she like, I, I hope. I feel like her character does well. I'm not gonna say it does, the character deserves it, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um, so from there, we we go to college life. Uh, you, you, most of us have been there. Uh, that that first year of college, the the food is terrible. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I went to an HBCU, and yeah, we got sometimes we may have gotten tired of the food, but it was. It was always good, you know what I'm saying? At least, at least that flavor. I, I don't know what he's dealing with at Stansfield. But uh, we get him, you know, 
trying to get in with Zeke to to go to eat with him at his uh, at his family's house, which is a bold move. Like I think they're they're kind of I don't I don't know, but Tariq is a bold guy. Like you asking right. you asking this man if you can eat at his family's house for dinner? Like hey. But I just kind of met them. I like Tariq in the way he's been playing this off, though, though, because he hasn't been like overly pushy uh, when it comes to Zeke um, trying to like establish like a friendship. Because Zeke, Zeke honestly could be just like, look, bro, you're my tutor. I mean, I know they made his roommates or whatever, but I ain't trying to be tight with you like that. But he's finding a way to kind of like finesse Zeke in a way that makes him make Zeke not understand, or maybe Zeke is not that bright. That what he what he's really after because clearly he don't care nothing about no home cooked meal, but he is trying to get close to that family. Um, and we know as the audience, you know, for his own selfish means, he needs a new connect, and he thinks that family is the is the dial in. Um, but it's, I like I like to see that that he's playing it smart, and he is kind of using his manipulation skills to kind of get what he wants. It's making me believe that he could actually one day be what he aspires to be, which is like this kingpin, which is and is for whatever reason that's his goal in life. Right. Um, so before we, we before we depart, that we get the um. We get we get Zeke telling him, you know, you even have the room to yourself, which is always always a fun revel, you know, a fun revelation if you get that. Um, for any of us that have had roommates before, yeah, man, it's hard, and, it's, um, especially in college. Yeah, nobody trying to. It ain't yeah. like we got money back then to have uh, hotel rooms, and most people live far enough. Well, not everybody, but most people that went to college, they didn't live close to the campus where they can just kind of go home and leave the room to their their, especially their freshman roommate. So yeah. But he's at, but when you think about it, he's actually got it set because Zeke's a basketball player. That's away games. I know my roommates probably love me because I won't know athlete, but I was with the band, so right. we'd go on, a, you know, we'd go on away games, overnight trips, and be like, all right, man, have fun. I'll I'll be back Saturday night or Sunday, you know. Um, but this dude, Tariq, like I said, college life, he late already. Already, first class, and try to sneak in, like, dude. Right, and not even tried to sneak in. He tried to he tried to be smooth coming in, trying to sit next to Lauren. <laughs> like I thought that was that I thought that was all right. Him, you know, getting his little his little smirk on and and sliding next to Lauren and everything like he's not late. But the biggest part of this is we get a we get an introduction to two characters, um, of the 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 small black collective, uh, Bruce Chandria. Yes. Shady, Shady Busandria. Yeah, it's Bruce and Chandria, because she has two names, two real names. And we, we we meet the infamous Richard, who did not disappoint. Like, shout out to this actor. I'm going to learn his name eventually. But he he is playing that role of the <laughs> the white black band. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other dude who just... I, I don't know if they if they've named him, but the other dude in the class who, when all this is going down, he he just like nope, he just wants to go to class, and and graduate. That's it. That's all he wants to do. Um, was it the black guy? Or was he talking about the white guy? It was the black guy sitting in front of her. Um, when he when he when Richard says like that's a that's a big opinion coming from someone with um with, who doesn't have a real name, and that one dude goes nope. Oh, okay. He knows it's about to go down. Mm-hmm. That dude, like, shout out to him. Right. Uh, so, what did you think of that that opening class scene? I mean, this, like I said, this is more to set up the fact that I think that they kind of want to have a balance in the show between the street stuff and then the college stuff. Um, so it was a good introduction. Uh, I don't know why they had to make Bruce Andri- what's her name? Bruce Chandria so 
like so roundaway girl. I mean, I know like we shouldn't have to, but people will normally, especially in a nice school like that, will probably be doing some type of code switching. I don't think I don't know if she would be and maybe it's a different generation or whatever, but she was just so open in the fact that she was kinda like this the stereotypical kind of loudmouth ratchet kind of chick, like hood chick. Yeah. So I didn't love that. Um I feel like they could have found a way to do that better without making her seem like so stereotypical. Like, but you know, that might have just irked me just for whatever reason. But um the scene in itself was good. You know, Tariq gets busted again for not reading the book. Um and showing that he's you know, so busy that doing all this other stuff he can't really be committed to his schoolwork. Um but people still seem to give him a pass because of his troubling personal life. I wonder how long they're gonna let that last though. Especially right. after kind of some of the things he did as far as the vigil and kind of blowing off people that we see later in this episode. Who are who, right. who are his main like uh advocates, especially as far as yeah. when it comes to college. Yeah. Uh, I think I the, the thing I did like about the the him inadvertently getting thrown under the bus was that Lauren Lawrence is like truly intrigued by him. Like she wants to see where his head is at. Like she wants to know, you know what I'm saying? Like what, how do you work? How do you, you know, she was already intrigued by what he said in the diner, but like she, she really wants to, to kind of peek inside of his brain and, and like, see like what kind of dude she's not, I'm not necessarily dealing with, but like, what's this guy really about? You know, we got another black face on this campus. Let me, let me see if he's going to make it. Like, let me see, let me see what's, what's good as far as his his intellect and Tariq clearly has it but he's not doing the work and that like that's gonna that's gonna mess around and and catch up to him at this point at the rate that they're going right now sooner possibly more than later um and this is this this kicks off the the oh sorry I almost I, I gotta say I definitely felt the same way you felt about uh, the portrayal of Bruchandria where it it, it definitely kind of poked me a little bit and I don't know maybe I'm just being optimistic but like I did pick up on the fact that like yeah she they're definitely kind of playing her as a bit stereotypical but she's in the school and regardless of her delivery like she had her points right in, uh, in the argument that she was making and um, like you said there and I could see that there was definitely be a lot more code switching but in today's this the, the youth today they're kind of not for the code switching right um for the most part it's like you're gonna get the the real me and if that's what they're going for i applaud it but mm-hmm. if it's just and you know time will tell unless they just you know use her as a as a background character and nothing more um hopefully it's it this is her being like this is who i am i am just a smart don't you know the the presentation is is all genuine um, as opposed to just now nah, we just gonna use her as the ghetto black girl who somehow got in here um, but hopefully they do us they do us justice so we get the first of Tariq just looking at his phone and bailing out in random situations uh, Davis wants to speak to him about his dad's eulogy and Davis is is playing hardball and which we knew we knew was gonna happen um, Tamika set that up. You know, you need a, a guy with a, a skewed moral compass, and he's not mincing words. He wants him to throw his dad under the bus at his own eulogy, which, man, that's—I don't even think—I don't even think Proctor would ask someone to do that. Mm-hmm. 
How Especially, did you feel about I mean, it's better if he killed him too. Right. Well, I mean, I mean he, he doesn't, doesn't know this, but yeah, but um, still, like, how are you gonna ask a kid to to throw their own parent, their own blood under the bus like that? I mean, I, I mean, he's just kind of being pragmatic because it's like talk talk bad about your dead father to help your mother who's still alive get out of jail, or talk nice about your dead father who can't really do nothing for you anymore, um, and help his legacy but doesn't do anything for you in this current time. Um, it, you know, from McClen- you know, we know later on that Stern wants him to talk nice about him because it will help the legacy and help business. But from McCl- you know, from Davis McLean's point of view, all we your, your primary goal should be getting your mother out of jail. You hired me for this. You went and did all that plot you did to get me to represent you. So now you need to kind of do everything in your power to make sure that your mom is looked at in the best light. Um, I didn't really totally understand the rationale of it because, and maybe I always start, like think about myself in these situations. People die all the time. Celebrities die. I would have no idea if, if if a lieutenant governor candidate died. I would have no idea who this person was. I wouldn't care enough about it to even look at the news article to see if anybody said something negative or nice about him. So I don't know how much that's going to help with. Like his thing is he wants the jury to think of her as a positive person down the line. But I don't think it really make, will make much sense because the average person is not even going to read the story about Tariq St. James making fun of you know whatever his name is, Jamie St. James at, at a, at a funeral. So I didn't understand the the point of, I mean, for the TV show, I understand it, but it, it, it just kept me thinking of real life. Like, okay, nobody really cares about this. So from there we go to, um, we get Tariq running into his boy, Brayden. And I, I'm calling it now. Brayden's going to meet a tragic end just because, just because the way he's being set up. Yeah. Um, he's, he's funny. But like he genuinely cares about Tariq, right? Uh, like he's he's actually you know got his back and everything, but also he knows, he knows Tariq is into something, right? And he he wants to be his right hand man. And I, uh, I don't understand it. He's too eager to to be involved in 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 dumb shit or shady shit. Like as as they show later in the episode, his family has enough power that people people just hear their names and they back down. People who got their buildings named after him, there's pool named after him. Why does he want to involve himself in selling drugs so badly? Why does he? Why is he so attached to Tariq so badly? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's that that rebellious nature of of privileged kids. It you know, it's the 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 enticement of danger. Um, I mean, we've seen it before. You know, it's tons of rappers out of, out here claiming things that they they're not really a part of, but because of their money and their name. They're they're allowed to hang out with certain certain people in certain that are affiliated with certain lives. There's a rainbow colored dude making millions off of it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think that's that's pretty much it. You know, he he's seen he's seen what his family, although the the money's there, um, to him, and growing up seeing the the way the world is today and what's exciting, like his his life is boring in in comparison. You know, he and plus it's it's that added security that he knows that he'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like worst if in worst case scenario, he knows that if the game gets and the game he's trying to play gets too dangerous, mommy and daddy will will be there to to life raft them out. Right. True. Because he's seen it. You know what I mean? Um, doesn't make any sense, but I mean it makes sense, but it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, Anything on that before we move on? Nah, that's it. 
I mean, like I said, I think the same thing you're saying. Something bad gonna happen to them. Either he gonna get busted with the cops. Yeah. Or somebody gonna realize that he don't belong in this lifestyle and he gonna catch a bullet or something as a warning to Tariq. I think I think his his first uh his first wake up call is I think he gets beat up. I think he gets beat down at some point. Um probably by the Tejada family, just for, you know, being being reckless with his mouth, um, unknowingly. But these are theories. Who knows? Uh, so we we then go to the bedroom and Monet has a cop not only in her bed but in her pocket uh, the police officer who pulled up to the little ruckus at the party mm-hmm. uh, is laid up with her and um, he want a he want a relationship right but she don't want that she needs connections like right. real connection she, need, she needs protection how'd you think how'd you think about that whole exchange yeah, just another side piece, not knowing their position in life. Uh, and Monet's keeping it funky, like, look, you know, you okay? It's good. We can have these little meetings at night, but I need connections and people to protect me in the streets. And you, you know, you're a cop and all that, dirty cop, but you can't do enough for me for me to try to turn this into some type of public thing. You know, I still got my husband who is, of course, doing life. And he's like, well, why do you want to be with somebody who's still doing life? Because even with him doing life, he got enough pull from that prison cell that keeps her uh, safe in the streets and keeps her running little, whatever little position that they have as far as a family. Um, so it was just basically the cop just kind of overreaching um, and her just you know, being real honest. Like, look, you don't got what I need. You know, you know, we can bang. Um, but as far as like anything serious, it ain't happening. And you need to get your ass out of here for my kids wake up. More specifically, Kane. Because oh, yeah, he a nut. Apparently, yeah, yeah, which we already know. But I think we, we might be dealing with one of them scenarios where uh, Kane, is, Kane is that son that don't like to see his mom with nobody um, other, than her, other than his dad. Right. Um, which, on the one hand, it's like, I get the loyalty to your father. But also, your dad's in jail for life, bro. And your mom deserves some form of happiness, even though, I mean, she's a part of that life. But she still deserves, you know, something if the guy that, you know, her guy is in jail. But uh, she's clearly afraid of this, especially this officer, uh, Officer Ramirez, um, being spotted at the house off off the clock. Yeah. So, so. from there, we go to Professor Milgram's office and this man, Zeke. <laughs> trying to put in his bed. Oh man! Well, first we get him almost blowing it with his uh talking about his his paper because she definitely like pressed him out like um. So what'd you think of the book? And he starts to fumble. How did you feel about that scene? Before I get into it, yeah, he had a nice recovery though. I'm gonna give him his credit because he, I thought he was gonna blow it, you know, by talking too much or not being able to answer the question. Um, but he started shaky, but he pulled it off. Um, and then I don't blame him as far as shooting the shot at her. Uh, you know, she fine. A, we know she, she fine. So a, it ain't bother me at all. Move. That is um, a risky move. But this this another this another thing that just kind of led me back to because you know this scene didn't really have. I mean, they did talk about Tariq a little bit, but this was another scene that didn't really have too much to do with the main characters of the show. Um, but it still showed the fact that she was talking to him about his um, schoolwork. And just more leaning into that college scene or the college aspect of the show that they're going. Um, I thought it might 
that I didn't realize that they won't be so heavy into. But um, you see with her and, you know, later throughout the episode that they kind of even work to give him more backstory to somebody who you wouldn't think would be a main character based off what the previous series of power was about. So what'd you think of? I, I agree. Um, there, this was the, the thing that kind of got me on, on the path of the actor uh, playing Professor Milgram. There was just something about her in the first episode as well as this one. And when it comes up later, I'll explain exactly what what I came the, the conclusion I came to. But um, it, it was a little strange that not only was she, it almost seemed like it almost seemed like she called Zeke in to talk about Tariq, which is one already strange in itself. But two is even stranger that she was com like completely ignoring Zeke's clear advances, which is like, I feel like any professor, any educator is going to be like, hey, you need to chill with that. Like, don't 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 try to cross that line. It was clear what he was trying to do, but like she didn't even acknowledge it, like almost as if she didn't hear it, which makes it even a little more weirder. Um but, but you know we'll we'll see what happens with that i'm i'm really curious if zeke keeps trying to shoot his shot um and i'm I, mm, yeah we'll we'll get there when we get there but we get uh, our let me man victor garbo as simon stern is amazing like th this dude is so good at playing this role he is the only misogynist racist character I look forward to seeing on screen like the dude is you'd never want to experience this in person but it's just something about the way this dude plays this character that is just like you can't do nothing but like shake your head and laugh he's like the ultimate problematic white man but I can't hate him for some reason like when he's talking to Tariq and he opens up the, the whole conversation with like man it's stepped up since I was here when I was in school, all we had was Folgers and cocaine, like with, <laughs> without flinching, without flinching. But we do get the, as you spoke of earlier, we get the fact that uh, he wants to talk to Tariq about the eulogy. And we get two things. Uh, one, not only do we get the fact that he wants Tariq to speak well, speak highly of his father, because this is a business move more than anything. Mm -hmm. uh, the public perception of your father is going to directly impact the worth of his estate so it's like if you go down the, if you go on out there and and throw him under the bus by the time you get access to his estate it won't be worth anything and the second thing we find is that he genuinely he genuinely liked james and he he definitely respected him you know they had their back and forth battles and everything but he genuinely like he genuinely liked the dude like he you know he he respected his his thought process his mind and those are the same thing but you get what i'm saying like he yeah. he really did have a, a positive outlook on on james true i mean a dude dude is a really good at being a weaselly kind of dude you know liable to say anything offensive and then just kind of like just in a matter of fact kind of way like he don't try to hide it. he don't really kind of sugarcoat it he'll just say something like offensive and just let it kind of just lay there um, so, you know, shout out to that guy for being such a weasel. Uh, but yeah, like you, you pretty much summed it up. Um, he, he basically put Tariq in the, in the 
complete opposite of what uh, Davis told him early in the show. It's like, you know, we need your dad to be as positive as possible because um, it'll help our, his name makes our business better. And he's leaning into what Tariq is really all about. He knows that Tariq is only in this college because he can't get the money without the college. And he knows that he needs Tariq to get access to, um, I guess, the, the three or four clubs that he was interested in that um, Ghost was in charge of. So, you know, he don't really care about Tariq per se or Tariq necessarily being the best, but he still wants to keep how James or Jamie's name in a positive light to benefit itself. Definitely dropping off like just just knowledge, you know, on on business yeah. and and perception, which it, it really looked like Tariq was really taking that in, which was good. Um, I, I like to see that. I like that that they're kind of showing that uh, he's not only learning from school when he's actually doing the work, right? Uh, but he's also got like it, it seems like he's gonna have a few other mentors. Um, I mean, I, at the end, I think he'll have a bunch. Yeah, between his mom, between Stern, between Monet, eventually, I think he'll also learn stuff from Kane, um, because you know you see those two had like a little scene um, as we move down the line too. We'll we'll get to that scene. Uh, So from there we go to back to the AUSA's office. Well, before we we yeah, Stacks is screwed. Um, this is he's perpetually in between that rock and hard place and um, Davis is closing in and they're both arriving at the same conclusion that they both feel that there's no way Tasha could have done this right? and it's kind of hard to prove it on both their ends but it, it's really strange to see well not strange but it's intriguing to see that, that on one side you got the AUSA who pretty much spent six seasons trying to destroy Ghost and his reputation now flipping and having to protect his reputation as opposed to McLean on the other side doing his best to tarnish his reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I think that was a cool little quick scene that they're, they're, they're drawing up their battle plans right. and how um, Zach's <laughs> again, just <laughs> Zach's being, is currently ghost towards the end of the first series where it's just like, I'm actually trying to do the right thing and no one's letting me. Right. Finally. Yeah. Uh, he finally got the conscious, you know, way too late. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I like the, I like the nice back and forth of it. Um, how they kind of flip between the two parties, uh, basically saying similar things, um, but one like two totally different outcomes. So I, I, I'm interested to see how they do once we get into because we had a little bit of legal proceedings in this, but once they get into the actual courtroom, how is Sachs supposed to be able to pull this off? Um, when you know they kind of got the kind of stacked against him, even though he should be in a position of power. So it's, it's weird. Right, right. And it, it's it's but it's also kind of fun seeing him be stressed the hell out. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, you gotta he gotta get some type of uh, uh, thing because we you know we learn later on when he uh, not to jump ahead but it's only like I think one scene uh, when he when he's meet with this with the FBI agent the Garza guy. You might as well talk about that now, yeah. Yeah, yeah when he meet, well when he's meeting with Garza and Garza basically just calls him out. He's like, "Bruh, I don't know what the fuck you 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 did, but I was here two weeks ago, and two weeks ago you was had a warrant out for your arrest. Fired. You was yeah. fired. Uh, you was damn near 
about to be in bars behind bars yourself, and then now all of a sudden you got the highest job in this office in this right. particular division. So I know you doing some kind of shady stuff. I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't want no involvement in them. Um, but I like how you know Sachs kind of played it and promised Garza like Garza, you're gonna be able to be in charge. You're gonna be no shadiness because um, I think it kind of shows maybe is getting to Sachs conscious that he has to prosecute Tasha. So he is, uh, while not above doing shady things, is going to at least try to make it as transparent as possible and get somebody who is at least has the best interest of being a good guy and doing the right thing by the law, as opposed to the past experiences with this office where they were kind of doing anything right. they wanted to the bus people. Right. Another important aspect in Garza's introduction is that he's straight ed- he's straight edge yeah. and that Donovan was his supervisor like Donovan was his OG and he's still feeling the sting of him getting killed right um, and he feels like he feels like Sachs was the one who got him killed when you can make the argument to a degree that I guess that's true uh, but you know Dre was I mean it's was a part supreme. of the job I mean yeah, yeah exactly it's part of the job and Dre was a supreme dirtbag yeah. so it's like you know so you can blame Sachs for but yeah you know Sachs Ultimately, he wasn't there. Yeah. And there's no way Sachs could have set that up. Like, it, it's a simple, you know, it's a simple transfer that, you know, because of outside leaks, um, got blown up. You know, you, you can put a lot of crap on Sachs, but I, I think he genuinely does, you know, feel the pain of Donovan getting killed like that. So I, I will give him that. Um, in, in the midst of these scenes, we get a really nice, quick... Uh, talk between Tariq and Tasha um, where she's keeping it real like yo where did you get that money like please don't tell me you, you reopened the daycare mm-hmm. the daycare quotation marks and um, they, they actually have a nice little talk about um about school right and just like what's going on this is good to see like despite their circumstances her being on trial for murder um, and she's still just a mom it's just, it's just kind of like a scene with a mom and a son and something that you would right. kind of do with your mom when you went off to college, um, or, or not even college. Anytime that you went to school, like your mom just asked you how your day was, or how school treating you, or tell me something you learned today. So I thought that was like a real cute kind of, um, just kind of mother son scene. I liked it. Yeah. So from there we go to Professor Milgram actually having a word with Tariq, and um, she genuinely cares about him uh, and what he's going through, which. I'm I'm glad to see uh, we get yet another one of those Tariq I need to talk to you and him running off right he always running off some way <laughs> right I'm glad he wasn't running literally yeah literally this particular episode I'm glad they got rid of that and um, he's he's not in the mood to really discuss this like he you know he's not ready in a spot in a place excuse me he's not in a place where he can really just talk this out even though she mentions multiple times throughout this episode that this is a safe space. All right. I mean, he also don't know her. And I feel like right. I'm starting to think she got some type of alternative motive with all this too. Cause she's like, I understand he's going through a difficult situation, but she's heavily kind of too heavily invested in a person she's known for about a week. And I'm not saying that she can't be just a good hearted person. There are good hearted people like that, but I feel like she's just doing overkill uh, and, and, and we see it in the next scene when she's having an argument with I think it's the very next scene when she's having an argument with the with the uh, the brother of Professor Jabari, Jabari yeah. yeah and she's like yeah. you know did you even, and he's like t- t- talking to her like did you even ask him what he wants 
Like you planning these vigils, you saying he need to talk to people, you doing all this stuff, but you haven't even really discussed what the person you claim that you're trying to help wants or needs. You just kind of putting on yourself to kind of just decide this for this guy. Um, and he's even like, yo, what, you know, kind of what, what is this all about? Do you just kind of need to fix something that's broken? Or do you just got like have this desire to kind of, um, uh, you know, just kind of fix whatever the situation may be? And, you know, that led to them getting into that argument. Well, kind of halfway argument to it went to somewhere else. Right. So, yeah, to echo everything you just said and to bring up what I said earlier about her playing this character. And it wasn't until this episode that I was like, that's what it is. That's what's off for me. I feel like she's in a different show. Uh, just her delivery and mm-hmm. the way her character is perceiving everything, I feel like she's in a different show. And when she started talking to to the to Jabari, I'm like, is this is this Grey's Anatomy? Right. Because like it got very real, soap opery. Like, yeah, it got real soap opery. Um, this all that it somehow shifted to their past. Um, we find out that she got to do the job. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, it goes from an argument to a straight up sex scene, which I'm like, okay, this yeah. is super inappropriate workplace behavior. Yeah. Um, Still one of the more important. I was a little disappointed. It was ahead. one of the tamest sex scenes in, in the history of power. Like, we ain't seen nothing, huh? Uh, it's coming. It's coming. You, you kind of have to. They got to give us something, man. One. As wild as I power mean, used to be. The first couple of man, them sex scenes are probably used to be well, crazy. Actually, maybe it's not. Maybe they maybe they toned it down. Well, I think maybe this was like the the kind of the 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 back off from um from Zeke's introduction, where that was just like off the wall. Granted, yeah. it wasn't like super detailed or explicit, but like maybe this. It, I don't. And that's the thing. Like just like you said, this this it felt like that scene belonged on Grey's Anatomy. Right, um, like this wasn't even like this was regular network TV. And you can't even show exactly. nothing. I was waiting for a nipple or something, and it was like, okay, that was disappointing. That was a letdown. Right, but, but like it just led me to think, like, do we need this? Do we need their drama in the show? Like, see, I, I feel like there's enough going on. I think, but I think that's kind of something that they want to do. I think down the line she may play a more like a bigger role, but they don't want to be like it was in. Last year, like when you had Paz like dipping in and out, but you never really got no real history on Paz, and then all of a sudden in the last season you want to make her a major star of an entire episode. So I think with this, with this scene, you know, building the back history with that one, and then the very next scene when she's meet with that white woman at who's her who ends up being her sponsor, it's just kind of giving us some backstory as to who this person is because she may have a bigger role as the series as the season and the series progresses. So I'm thinking that's just kind of what they're trying to do to kind of set, uh, give the audience a little bit more about these these what we consider secondary characters or minor characters. So maybe she'll have a bigger role down the line. Cause they, cause honestly, without without that, they didn't need the next scene. Like we didn't need a scene with her meeting with her sponsor and talking about her her history, more, even more history with, with her and Jabari if she, if it's not gonna pay off down the line. So we, we get the drop that she has a sex and love addiction. Right. Uh, which is an interesting addiction to have. And I can see that wreaking havoc on a person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like, I felt like that scene belonged in a different show. 
like <coughs> over seeding. I feel um, you. But before we move on, go ahead. No, I'm saying, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I agree. Okay. Yeah, before we before we move on to the next season or not season, excuse me, the next scene, um, one of the one of the lines that stood out to me was Jabari when she says that he needs to he needs time to process his feelings, and he responded with, "He's a black man in America. He doesn't have time to process his feelings." And I, as much as I hate to use overused phrase, I felt that. Right. I hey, felt legit. that. I think that's legit, um, and I think, you know, while that is true, I think we do, as black men, need to do a, a better job of trying to find time to process these feelings. And I understand, you know, we constantly under attack, and we are also not raised to be emotional or to let guards down. Um, but at some point, you gotta, as an individual, make time to kind of address those types of things. You can't always blame it on the fact that. The world is effed up, or I had a rough, you know, childhood, or whatever it may be. Um, right. So definitely deep, definitely deep. Yeah, hopefully we get more stuff like that because uh, um, it, it ties into what he said that you know she's not she's not asking. So it's like as much as uh, we need to to make time to process our feelings, we also need to be allowed to do such. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a whole nother podcast. So we get the family dinner. I'm going to let you run with this because there were little tidbits that I picked up on in there. Uh, yeah, so we get the family dinner. Uh, you know, they okay. just kind of, you know, Tariq is just kind of really all in their family. He's like talking to them about what he's learning in the school. They asking him questions. Um, I feel like him and even the dude who was side at him last week, Drew, when they started talking about the art class he was taking, they was kind of getting a little um, a better connection. Um, so I think this scene was uh-huh. like really, at least the beginning part of it was really, um, Tariq like really trying to ingrain itself into this family. Um, you know, we know they don't know this, but we know he has ulterior motives. Um, but it was like he was, and I think he was succeeding. He already had a connection with the daughter. Uh, I'm I'm bad with everybody's names, but you know, with the daughter, Diana. He got a connection with her that was like immediately. Um, he got a connection with Zeke from being his roommate and from being in school. I think the dude Drew kind of perked up a little bit when he talked about the fact he was taking an art class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that kind of connected him to them. Yeah. And then, you know, he just, uh, he, we not in this scene, but in the, the next scene with Kane, he gets closer with Kane from the nausea he drops on him. Um, so I think he's kind of finding his way to kind of weasel his way into this family. Um, and this scene, at least the, the opening part of the scene was kind of just him laying that groundwork. Um, do you want to talk about what happened with the uncle or you want to talk about kind of your feelings about just the interaction with him and the family first. No, you pretty much touched on everything. Um, the main thing I was going to uh, point out, and that was that Drew perked up, like you said, when he heard uh, Art. And I thought that was interesting because, like, he, he definitely seemed a bit interested in it. And, like, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, just speculate. I'm wondering if we're going to find out that Drew's the one that doesn't want to be in this, this street life. Like, he's the one that wants to be creative. And, you know, he's probably getting shot down. Because, right. Uh, we see that Kane is not interested whatsoever in all this school talk. Like he's not only is he not, not interested, he's also at the head of the table, which I thought was a, uh, uh, a purposeful seating choice. That, right. like, he's, he's the man of the house now that is, you know, that in jail, being yeah. in jail, but, but like, he's still kind of, still kind of childish just a little bit. Cause of course. You know, he's fiddling with his food. Um, Right. And then they don't do a good yeah, job of telling how old these people are. 
I'm assuming they all in their early 20s or maybe even teenagers. Uh, Zeke, you assume, is 18, 19 because he's a freshman. Yeah. Uh, the little girl, I don't know if she's in college or she's still in high school. I don't know what's... Well, she's not a little girl. She's... I don't know how old she is, but she seems to be about late teens too. Uh, so I, it's... And I think they all are like close in age. So I'm assuming the oldest... Kane is the oldest and he may be like 21, 22 at the most. And then they all just kind of like fall in line behind them. So there's going to be some immaturity, uh, even though the fact that this dude might shoot somebody in the head in one second, yeah. you know, I'm going to be surprised if he goofing off, you know, playing with his his food, like you were saying, in, in the next one, just because he isn't fully mature, even though he's doing grown-up right. things or, you know, so-called grown-up things. Yeah. So enter Uncle Frank. David Zayas been in, in many a movie and yeah. we'll get to why I, I mentioned that later but um, you know that uh, that 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 too comfortable uncle yeah came through Saying all types uh, of crazy questions stuff. and just right running his mouth speaking mad reckless because that was super gross what he when said he, about Diana she filled out. out yeah yeah I never I get like, people who say stuff like that about uh, anybody, you know, relatives, especially young young women, you know, about like their development or whatever. That's just weird. Like, ugh, yeah, that kind of just was like, yeah, off putting. And Monet wasn't having it, it at was all. Proper, it was the, yeah, that was the the proper response. Dinner was over. I mean, she basically shut the shit down. She could she could let them take their plates. They they didn't say it. They could have kept eating. She's just um, like, nah, this dinner over. I don't care. Kids. You halfway through your food, you you <laughs> mid bite. We ain't having no more dinner. Take y'all shit out of right. here. No, no, stop chewing. Basically, not chew not one more piece. I, I felt bad for them because the food looked good. Yeah, but and it was like literally mid meal. Meat. Yeah, and yeah. she was like, "Nope." But um, you go home. Uh, you sleep in here. You, stay you here. take him home, and you go talk to your uncle. And get, oh, y'all get out my face. Yeah, but she, you could tell she has everything on lock because uh, you could tell that Drew. I think he still wanted to chat up Tariq, you know, just about what school is like and everything. But nope, she shut that down. Right. Um, but this all comes from the fact that Uncle Frank is out early. And as they spent a good chunk of what, season five, four or five, uh, letting us know, uh, if you get out of jail early, you're at. Mm hmm. And. Um, Especially with no rhyme or reason. I'm a, I'm a, right. So I'm going to let you keep riding into that, that, uh, that talk. Between uh, Kane and, and Tariq. Yeah, so I, this was probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire, uh, I guess the entire series. Seen this is only the second episode, um, but Kane, you know, kind of boss, try to you know try to intimidate Tariq. Uh, I don't think he showed Tariq the gun, but he definitely had the gun in case I guess Tariq would have said something he didn't like. Um, but Tariq, once again, smart thinking. Um, hurry up and, and knew what this you know knew what this a guy like Kane wants to hear. Because he he's seen this before. I'm saying Kane is like the new Tommy. He knows he 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 can tell from just a little bit of interactions they had together. Clearly a high head. Clearly not afraid to do no violent type stuff. Um, he don't know that he'd kill him, but probably figure he, you know, just from the family he's from, he probably got some bodies. So he quickly kind of flipped the script and like, no, uh, I don't want no beef with y'all family. Your uncle is basically a rat. This is why I know it. Uh, I ain't got no beef with y'all. Matter of fact. I, Y'all losing is me losing. 
you know, he made it known that like, you know, the school wants me to tutor Zeke. The only reason I'm still in the school is basically to tutor Zeke. So if Zeke go down, then I go down. Um, and you know, it ain't in my best interest to do to screw your family over. And it came it's shown that he's not totally above of, you know, rational thought or reason. Kind of understood what he was talking about, like, damn, this dude is smart. Maybe he is in our best interest. And then they rolled off together. So what you think of the scene? I think Tariq rolled the dice on that one. Like everything he said was was spot on, but he was he was a little he was a little bold in that presentation, um, and that's where the the slight difference comes in because Tommy would have smirked that off and probably would have killed Tariq, mm-hmm. especially the way he kind of dismissed him to get in the car like that. Tariq was, he really rolled the dice on that. Um, he he had he, all of his talking points were sound, but although Tariq has shot someone. Tariq is not a shooter. And he, he, man, like I was just watching. I was like, okay, one, good job on them for letting him, letting him show us the code switching because we've been seeing, you know, proper, polite Tariq yeah. since episode one of, of, you know, the original series. And we, we get him, you know, cutting loose and turning off the filter. But he, he rolled the dice on that delivery. Because we've seen Kane in action. He hasn't. Like, he's, he's seen that, you know, Kane is a hothead. But I, I do like the fact that they showed that Kane is not, like, too wild. Like, I think he has the, the, the ability to get wild. Um, but, you know, everything you said echoed. But I definitely, I, I, I thought Kane was going to pop him in his mouth at least once because he was he was real bold for someone who's who hasn't seen what the stuff I'm sure Kane has seen right uh, but we get the we get this 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 candlelight vigil which I don't know if I said it earlier but she was overstepping uh, with that with just the idea of throwing this vigil with without at least consulting with them she just did it right like that's you 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 mess around and get fired from a ca- a college campus in today's world pulling something like that. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't ask him the if you know he could if you could put up pictures of his dad's likeness right in in the age of social media. Like she was speaking of rolling the dice, she was rolling the dice on on that right. And there was another thing that didn't really make any sense because nobody knows him. He's been at the school. He knows literally two people at the school. He knows Lauren and he knows White Boy. So I don't think enough people will care enough about this candlelight visual anyway to show as much support other than what the people were, the, pe- the few people that were there doing, which is to, oh, hey, this is the, you know, this is the the, the dead politician. This is his son. Let me take a selfie with him, um, which led to the white boy, at least like the white boy. Do, uh, really, I can't, why am I calling him the white boy? What's his name? Braden. Yeah, yeah, he really did show that he do got you know Tariq's best yeah. interests at heart. He out there smacking people's phones out their hands. Yeah, uh, he bossing up on yeah. people like chill out. This ain't the place to do all that. So you could see that he do got genuine genuine love for Tariq. Um, but yeah, she definitely crossed the line and overstepped her boundaries. And he did exactly what I would have did. I didn't ask for none yeah. of this. I'm not speaking here. I don't want nothing to do with this. Let's go. You know, what you know, where that party you was talking about at and let's get up out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that they at least do the realistic thing and show her like kind of being reprimanded for this. Um, because 
dude showed up, Jabari showed up, like, not to be like I told you so, but, like, kind of to hopefully stop her before it got out of hand. But, like, yeah, she didn't even approach him to let him know what was going on. Like, from across the group, she shouts his name to draw attention to him and then immediately wants him, puts tries to put him on display. Like, come say something. Like, yo, you just blindsided me with a visual a, you know, a vigil for my dad that none of you knew, and I have to go to, you know, I have to attend his funeral tomorrow. Um, yeah, it was, it was a wild scenario. So, we shall see where, where that plans, <laughs> how that plans out. But I, like you said, I did like the fact that um, his boy Braden had him. Like I, I did like that he he had him, he had his back in that whole situation. Um, they and like you said, they they slip off to a party. From there, we get a quick scene between Monet and Diana, and this is where it it got interesting, and I don't want to say, I'm not going to say in a good or great way, but um, she's pretty much trying to, you know, gauge her reaction. I, I like the fact that Monet is not your typical, uh, I guess you could say, like, head of whatever organization where she just delegates orders and you follow them. Like she's actually asking for everyone's input. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to know what she thinks, uh, what she thought about the situation, what she thought, of, what she thinks about Tariq. Same thing when Kane comes in, and she goes and asks Zeke. Um, which, it, that's a. I think that's just one of the things that comes with having a different type, not just a different type, a female leader. Right. Because as we've seen from most most of uh, in history. Uh, but more specifically in this show, this series, um, Ghost rarely asked for opinions. Um, he did, but it was always a strategic thing. It was it was never that much intel gathering. At most, it was like, give me a report, soldier. You know, she's genuinely getting their feedback. Um, how did you feel about that and the, the pretty much the lead up that she and I didn't I didn't really sit well with this, but like she borderline set Diana up to be a honeypot, right? Because she saw the the response. Um, that the that Frank said. What did you think about all of that? Yeah, I, I think she asked for so much input because I think she's new to the role. I think she did um, have a you know a role when her husband was like the, the head of the organization, but I think her time as being like the main leader, this is new to her. So she still is kind of learning her leadership style and also leaning on the people who are closest to her, um, which you know I guess in this situation are her kids, her three kids. Um, so it's good that she got that feedback and their opinion. Um, I thought it, it was kind of leading into a gross way though too, because she was basically telling her daughter, "Look, you know, as a woman, you got certain attributes. You saw how he reacted to you, and you should use that to kind of get information." But it's just creepy because I don't know if he's her blood uncle or what. But it's it's just creepy, right? I don't. Maybe right. he's not. Maybe you know it's one of those things where you know he's uncle because he's like your dad's best friend, and it's not really a blood situation. So. Maybe it'll be less creepy if 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 that's the situation. But it was just kind of like off-putting a little bit to me that she was telling her daughter basically, "Hey, use your sexual energy or wiles to get information out of this guy." Right. Um, Which I mean, ultimately she didn't have to do because uh, Kane comes in and they both say the same thing: he's a snitch. Yeah. It's already yeah. been pretty much decided but at that point. I think that sets up her using those attributes. On Tariq. Oh, of course. Future. Down the line, yeah. Um, still, still, it was a weird, it was, you know, 
be a, a weird kind of scenario for a mother to, for lack of a better term, almost pimp out her daughter yeah. for info. Um, so we get the party, which, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, his older brother is a douchey frat boy. Of course. Um, this, this scene pretty much just was set to serve up that, one, his brother is a, is a dick to him like most older brothers are to their younger brothers. Right. And two, the, his family name carries mad weight. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, the, the, like I said, that's all I got really got from it is the scene is that the brother's a jerk. Um, they they, they going to try to stop moving drugs through the flat house because you saw one of the dudes, I guess he basically just had weed and they was looking for something a little bit stronger. So there's going to be a little connection. And I think they know that the name can carry enough weight that it at least keep campus security from bothering him, or the campus police from bothering him, because he's he, he straight slugged a uh, or punched a, a cop in the face, even if it's just campus yeah. security, and they let him go like it was nothing. Knowing in real life, you punch yeah. a cop, surrounded by a bunch of other cops. I think even white dudes won't do that, because they they still get their ass whooped. Normally, cops will beat the shit out of anybody that you know assaults one of their own. So the fact that he could punch a cop in front of other cops and nothing happened to him, they actually like basically thanked him. Uh, and let him go about his business. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like this frat house is going to be a major source of Tariq moving this product once he ever figures out how to get it. Right. And that that whole interaction between him and the, the security guards, that was my, my one, like, I'm going to nitpick this. Um, like, just <laughs> the way it was acted out with the whole, like, oh, shit, you're a Weston. Oh, dude. We gotta let him go. I was like, "What campus security talks like that?" Like, yeah, none. Like, I feel like even if he is a Western, able to pull him down and then just let the parents chew him out. Right. Like you know, granted, they could, I I understand the 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 reason behind letting him go. I just feel like it could have been that could have been acted out a bit better. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I, I think that's one of the things with the show. They're gonna give you a chance. Uh, so we get a quick prison scene that is quite poignant where uh, Tasha overhears Petty Guard and another lady uh, pretty much going over a business transaction. She needs a morning after pill, and she needs it quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that sets up a, a later scene. So from there... It's, it's, it's called the morning after pill, but it's good for up to 72 hours, just for people who don't right. know that. And she, and she said that she, need, she got like 55 hours left. Right. Which... Clock's ticking. So we get a quick scene in the judges' chambers where um, it's pretty much just <laughs> a scene that I'm pretty sure we're going to see a bunch of uh, Davis schooling sacks, mm-hmm. which I think we're going to we're going to get a bunch of that. Like like you you kind of called it that Davis is pretty much going to be picking up where Proctor left off, uh, but we also get that like Davis has a reputation of his own because even the guy Garza is like Davis McLean. Like he he's hated, he's well hated. Which you know the dude gets scumbags off, so it would make sense that local law enforcement would would have a beef with them. Yeah. Uh, but you know, not too much meat in that. But they pretty much need. Davis is trying to get permission to bring in a witness, um, to pretty much attend. What is it? To pretty much throw sacks under the bus for how that whole uh, the how the charges. And the arrests were made were 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 all a setup. Right. He was trying to like argue uh, prosecutorial uh, misconduct 
by saying that they basically right. blew up a deal just so they could kind of grandstand and um, arrest this woman. And, and it's all a part of some big scheme to get this lady because of bad feelings about uh, what happened. So he's like, we need to just go to dismissed. Um, you want to just combine these two scenes or do you want to just kind of go with the flow of the show? Because, you know, they kind of... We can combine them. Yeah, because this, this one was like a quick little introduction where they just basically got the permission to get the the witness to come in. But the big thing came when the two witnesses came in. Um, the first one was this lady who is works for the state or I guess the city and was prosecutor. And she basically was like, yeah, Sax is full of shit. Um, we had a deal. He basically blew it up just so he can grandstand and um, he, he basically confirmed everything McLean said about um, the truth of the max is that they want to get her they want to punish her um, and it's all some type of big conspiracy and she kind of confirmed that and it looks like that they were going to win uh, meaning McLean and Tasha but of course then the show wouldn't be able to go on and then we get the reveal that Blanca Rodriguez is not gone she is back in the show got her uh, check they got her look I mean I don't know how many checks she's going to give her she at least got one for this episode um, and she basically something that came from we and we talked about it on the recap show something that they should have been after Tasha about last season when she basically told them where to find a dead body yeah exactly the location even though she claims she has nothing to do with it so we we said that was stupid back when when she did it last season and it kind of blew up in her face because. While doing the trial, they may be able to get deep into as in Blanca questions. In this particular situation, Sachs made it that it was just basically yes or no. Did Tasha tell you where to find the body? Does Tasha have a reason to believe that, that she was involved in this murder? And it was all yeses, so it was enough for the judge to be like, no, we got to go to trial. Right. And it that was one of those things that illustrates that one, Tasha mistakes stay haunting her. And two, regardless of how idiotic and problematic he is, Sax has his smart moments because I I wouldn't have thought he'd bring back Blanca, um, especially the way he screwed her over multiple right. times. They hate each other. Yeah, but you know it's <laughs> this is one of those scenarios where you get summoned to a judge's chambers. You you can't turn that down. Um, but I also thought it was pretty poignant that like she she tells them like you make sure I testify because he's he's super dirty. Right. And I was like once she said. At that, I was like, oh, well, you just signed your death warrant because the nature of this show, you got to go now. Like, he's going to do, he's going to find a way to, if not him, then I, Mr. Scary DNC and Mock, um, they're, they're going to find a way to silence you. You think they that crazy that they'll kill a, a New York cop? Uh, They've done a lot of scandalous stuff. They never resorted exactly. to killing, have they? I mean, we still don't know exactly who Mock works for. He, he might be work with B, uh, B613 you from Scandal know. for all we know. Um, and we still don't know how far Ott's power reaches. Right. Or how or how far they willing to go to make sure that their mistake of not vetting James properly doesn't come back on them. Exactly. Damn, that's wild. Yeah. So we get the funeral scene, uh, which I, I was looking forward to. And I think they did a good job of downplaying it in all the preview stuff. Because mm -hmm. I really thought it was just going to be him, Yaz, and Grandma. Right. And we get more people, but we also find that these people are part of publicity. Right. They're, Especially they're Tate. Brought in. Yeah. 
Councilman O'Dog returning for his photo ops. And Shaking hands, kissing babies. And it, literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... Ready to do a eulogy. Don't he? Like, <laughs> didn't nobody even invite you to do you. you re- he ready to step up, though. Always. He, he's always ready to hit, to hit the mic. Any type of speech he, or that, photo op. Thing. Yeah. He, he is ready. If it's press, he is down for it. And um, they playing hardball. Um, you know, they... Davis is initially told that he's gonna, they're gonna allow Tasha to get the eulogy. Right. But Sachs, for once being ahead of the, the curve, has pretty much, for lack of a better term, like got her on, under a gag order, where like she's under not only under handcuffs, but she's not even allowed to speak. Right. Uh, which was messed up on so many levels. To, this, to this was enough, to this this was my scene. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off, but this was my scene that made no sense to me. Uh, when when you in in jail, it's hard enough to get out when people in your family die. Like they don't even really give um, furloughs for like you know if your mom, your sister, your wife, uh, your kids even die sometimes. So for them to let a person who go to the funeral of the person they are accused of murdering, yeah, I was like, there's no chance. No judge would sign off on this. It makes no sense. Um, so that kind of annoyed me. Um, you know, of course it's for the dramatic reveal that. They want her to speak, but then Tariq kind of finally has to step up and speak. But that annoyed me. To, that that was one of, that was, that made me the maddest because it was like there's no chance they would let her go to this funeral. Yeah, more specifically, on top of that, she's wearing an "I killed my husband" dress. <laughs> like, no one comes to a funeral dress like that. That big hat. If they didn't do it, like like half of it's mesh and see through. Like you, you you look like a stereotypical femme fatale, like right. a black widow. Mm-hmm. Like red lipstick. You you look like you did this. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't even try to like, you know, downplay the black widow vibe. Um, we get a quick we get Uncle Gabe swings through real quick, mm-hmm. which I was I was happy about, about that cameo. Um, even though if I'm Tariq, I'm like. I'm just learning about you. Like you, you couldn't stop by the house. When ever? did he even meet him? How did he even know this guy? <laughs> right. Like he never met this well, guy no, before. He no, he. Th- that's the first time he met him. Cause oh. the way he introduced himself. Yeah. Like the way he introduced uh, himself, that was the first time he met him, which I'm like, uh, granted James was in the drug game for a while. You would think he would have at least reached out to him, you know, come see my family. Right. Unless he just completely cut off his family once he got connected. It didn't seem like it. Um, it seemed like he hadn't seen him in the 20 years when he went back to visit him last season for that quick little episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I think, but I think, you know, it was good to have that guy in the scene. Um, I like that guy as an actor. Um, was he on um, Different World back in the day? Yeah. 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 Colonel Taylor. Yeah. He was also in um, recently in um, How to Get Away with Murder. Okay, yeah, I've never seen that one. Never seen that one. Great. I mean, we could talk about that a whole other day, but I I think it's worth a a binge. Like, it's one of those things where it's just like it's an interesting setup, and it's like, well, how do you keep going with this? Um, But he plays a really interesting character, and like he flexes some some major acting chops in it. Okay. So, yeah, um, like I've always liked him though. You know, the different little things I've seen him on over the years. Um, But I think he kind of it was important to have him in in that scene because it kind of swayed. Uh, Tariq to make the yeah. decision that he finally made as far as the eulogy goes, where he yeah. doesn't. He, it's kind of like a, a mid, you know, a mid ground kind of thing. He doesn't say his dad was horrible. Or he doesn't say his dad was fantastic. 
Um, just that he finally, I guess in his father's passing, has a better understanding of um, the balance that his father had in life, where right. he's wants greatness, he wants all these great things, not only for himself, but also for his family, but kind of actually putting that to practice or to making it to reality is difficult, um, and he ultimately uh, didn't succeed in fully getting everybody where he wanted them to be before he ended up dying. And I think one of the best things I like about his his sort of cameo in there is that he echoes a sentiment that so many people in their critiques of the show and specifically the character often overlook. And it's that since episode one, all this dude wanted was to be a better person. Yes, he faltered along the way and you, there's no excusing him cheating on his wife. But everything else outside of that was him just wanting to be a better guy and get out of that crazy game. So I'm glad that they at least echoed that sentiment one more time before they put him in the ground. Right. Um, but yeah, he did a great job on the eulogy. You know, his dad was a complicated man. And um, that's pretty much where it caps off. Um, I also thought it was, I think they could have played that, that scene, it's really quick, a little better where she asks him to bring in the uh, the morning after. Yeah. Um, Wasn't realistic. Too fake. Yeah. Yeah, she just, like, bumps into him and, you know, just <laughs> aggressively whispers. But, like, yeah. But, you know, the whole the whole setup, the whole premise of it makes no sense because, as you said before, there's no way the woman that's on trial for killing a guy shows up to, is allowed to go to his funeral. Um, but, yeah, that scene gives way to for me like something super nonsensical why do you bring on an actor uh of david zayas caliber dude's been in a ton of stuff dude has range out of the yin yang and you give him this this big intro just to kill him right for what like I mean, I, I it baffled me. I, I didn't understand it. Like, what was the purpose? Right. What did you think of that? Because he they they immediately get him out of the paint because just like you said earlier, it's like what's the point of putting her giving her this this dialogue that's problematic on a billion levels of her being essentially a honeypot mm -hmm. just to not not even explore it. Not to say that we wanted to see it, but it's like why, why put, why plant that seed? Right. I mean, a lot of this, you know, has some issues with this particular scene. For one, they, you know, they 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 think he is snitch, but they don't really have any proof that he is a snitch. He didn't really do anything other than you know, kind of be weird at a dinner to showcase that. And I feel like you know, most people will get a little bit more in depth as to get some proof. And then we do see in the last scene of the ep of this episode that they do get the proof that he was a snitch. Uh, but I feel like it was just a little bit premature. Um, same thing like you know the dude ain't Brad Pitt but he has been in a lot of stuff um, right. you know he was in Oz he was in Dexter he's been in a lot of different things where he is a known in a face that you think he'd get a little bit more screen time than that yeah. um, I hope I hope that check was was massive I hope it was worth it maybe he just wanted to be a part of the show though maybe he cool right. with him you never know which I get but like you get that guy on you, you gotta give him a little more you know what I'm saying? That, right. At least that's just my my sentiment. Like I feel like if you get that guy on, you give him a little more to do. 
because if you you know you're gonna set him up to for what three lines and then get shot in the head yeah you can get anyone to do that true like I mean I could have got a lesser known person right. uh, I'd have played that role yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the third thing it always looks cool on TV uh, but it does not work in real life hitting hitting a person over the back of the head with a gun will not knock them unconscious and it always looks cool on TV but it makes me mad because it's just not realistic that's not how the body works you do not knock people unconscious by hitting them in the back of the head with guns um, but they did pretty easily dragged them off I mean I don't know who did it because he's a big dude but dragged him off Kane uh, caught another body he's two for two mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, murders um, and once again nonchalantly as uh, quick as easy as he shot rail coming up the steps he shot you know his uncle and I'm sorry I'm doing yeah. quote fingers over here uh, in the back of the head like it was nothing well not in the back of the head he shot him in the face um, but shot him and then dismembered his body and then what I guess they stuck it in a keg and drove it away so I don't know uh, once again it shows that they have some pool because they were able to get then everybody in the bar to leave Right. they committed a murder in the basement of this bar and then kind of walked off like it was no big deal um, so it just kind of shows Kane is still ruthless um, he, he definitely going to be the new body count leader uh, more showing that he's taking Tommy's role um, but it also shows kind of the pull of the Tejada family um, how they have no problem with committing murders um, like it's nothing you know this is the second murder they did in the last two weeks literally um, and speaking of their pull uh, Diana comes by and uh Tariq wasting no time asking for a favor. Um, she relays back to to uh, to Monet that um, she needs to get a morning after pill into into the jail right. for her mom. Um, this thus establishing the connection, and um, they they make this work quick. We get the call back to his blown school assignment of uh, the book Great Expectations being the delivery method. Right. And we get a pill and we get a phone. Right. Now, the thing about this this scene with the phone that kind of got me was while I'm sure Tariq expected her to get the pill, he was even shocked about the phone call. Right, because he didn't know and who that it was. Screamed, yeah, that, and the fact that, you know, like how did she get a phone in there? That that was his reaction. That screams to me. This phone is bugged, or it's cloned. Hmm. Like I'm pretty sure they're listening to whatever you're telling her. And I think that if that's the case, I think that's gonna play a big part in what gets him caught up. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. I just thought they was kind of doing the extra favor. Like the pill was one thing, but then also getting him a different kind to his mother is just like, you know, cherry on top. Yeah. Because he's he's genuinely shocked when he hears her voice on the other fo- on the other line of that that phone call. Right. Because it's like okay, obviously they got the number from Diana and or Zeke. Um. But yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see where that's gonna scene. go. As far as mm-hmm. we also kind of establishing that uh, Tasha realized she's gonna be in jail for a while, and she needed to kind of get her herself connected with the players in jail. Because uh, I'm surprised even so far nobody been on her ass. You know, she is, you know, in their eyes, just a housewife that's on trial for killing her husband. She's not, you know, a big woman. So I'm surprised no no, no um, other prisoners have tried her yet. 
So it looks like she's thinking ahead of that and is, is trying to set up some type of protection or some type of, uh, you know, organization within the jail cell, I guess, to keep her straight, uh, whether it's just until she finishes her trial or, you know, in case the trial doesn't go away and she may have a long-term beat. Right. And uh, before that scene cuts to the, to the very last scene, uh, we get Tariq delivering the line that, like, remember how Ghost, because they're back to calling him Ghost. Yeah. Um, always said that with with this game you either end up dead or in jail Mm -hmm. which of course Ghost ended up dead Um, Tariq claims to have found another way which is an interesting choice of words considering that Ghost almost found another way and ultimately had that robbed of him so I'm wondering if this is like the early early seed that in the long run this ain't gonna work out well for Tariq Uh, but we shall see um the very last scene ends with Officer Ramirez overstepping yet again and being made by Kane. Mm-hmm. And um, he pretty much confirms that, yes, Uncle Frank was indeed a snitch. And his body's already been found because uh, the police in this particular jurisdiction are very good at their jobs. <laughs> was his body found or was he just missing? I think they said. I think he I said thought she that said he, that, yeah, he's he gone missing. Oh, they did? Okay. I th- yeah. I, and I I could be overstepping that, but the fact that they've known, they already know he's gone missing, um, already shows that you know they're on top of it. Right. Uh, so she Monet makes one more request. Find me everything you can get on a kid named Tariq St. Patrick. Right. And thus begins the I I believe now the meat of the show where Monet is actually going to be. Uh, more Monet's gonna actually know, learn about what's up with Tariq and his past and everything. Right. Yeah. So I mean, so all in all, you know, pretty strong episode. Uh, you know, I wish they would just get the timelines a little bit better, sharpen that up a little bit. But outside of that, I can't have too many complaints in this episode that weren't like nitpicky. You know, little stuff like you know, of course they wouldn't let her go to the funeral, or you can't knock a guy with a gun. Uh, well, not say you can't knock out with a gun, but that's not—it's not as easy as they make it seem on TV. But for the most part, good episode. Uh, I'm still actively engaged and looking forward to what may happen as the season progresses. Same here. Um, any theories you want to expound on, or you want to—you want to roll out? Uh, I mean, I, I still don't have any kind of. I mean, I know like little stuff that is obvious. Like we know. That frat house gonna play a part and then moving drugs down the line, um, but I I don't really have anything where I have a strong indication as to where this season is going. I think they have done a good job of not making it as easy or predictable as to what might happen. Cause I can see Mo- Monet just easily telling Tariq to stay the hell away from her family forever, as I can see her pulling him a little bit closer because she thinks she can use him to her benefit depending on what that cops tells her. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen next. All right. I'm sticking with mine from the previous episode that um, he's going to, he's going to fumble. He's going to fumble along the lines of uh, Zeke's school work. Oh, you think so? Anything. And blow it up. Um, just because he's, he's already like kind of slacking on doing his own school work. And I think that might be the trade off that like one of these, one of these episodes, he's gonna get caught up trying to bring his own grades up. That right, uh, Zeke's gonna is gonna suffer for it. Even for all, even for all this hard, even though back to what they made it seem so rigorous, 
All they do is read books and then talk about the books. Like, what's so rigorous about that? At least Zeke had to write a paper. Yeah. They literally just talk about books all day. It seems like it. But we'll see where it goes. Indeed. All right. So that is a wrap on episode two for Exceeding Expectations. I hope we exceeded yours um, <laughs> with this recap. As always, you can hit us up anywhere. Give us, we, we want the feedback. We know you're listening. And uh, hit us up. Yeah, all good places you can find uh, Carlos Conversation with Carlos D on the POP podcast on most social media things. Spotify, Google Play, Apple Play, Apple Podcasts, I guess, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And where can they find you if they want to listen to things outside of just power recaps? Uh, for me, everything, but well, there's a few things on SoundCloud. Um, all those are the same places, but Off the Clock Podcast, O F F T H A clock pod and uh yeah you can hit me up on anything i got other things coming up and uh as well as continuing this ride that we on right now all right man so next time this is carlos d and this is triple d